You're listening to Yale Radio WYBC. This is Brainerd Carey with the lives of the artists, architects, curators, and more. Today on our show, I'm talking with David Kennedy Cutler. David, thanks so much for being with me today. Thanks for having me. David, we're talking about your show at Halsey McKay Gallery. Um, so, yeah, to, to, to begin with... Um, Let's just jump right into it. This the the medium that you're using is a um, a type of transfer on on canvas, right? Can you tell me a little bit about it? I mean, there's a number of things you're using here, but but just that process is is um is is what exactly? It seems like it's your own in some way. Uh, yeah, that's probably the second stage of of what I do. Um, in the physical realm, but uh, it, what I call it is inkjet transfer. Um, which uh, is using um, inkjet printing onto a carrier sheet and then using a medium, whether it be something aqueous or alcohol-based, to transfer it to another material or to a substrate. Um, And there's a few artists that work in it, that work in indirect uh, inkjet printing, um, but I think I have my own particular angle on it. And you talked about the the physical world, right, where we're jumping right into the physical world as opposed to um as as opposed to what uh well the all of the i mean given that one works in uh with any digital printing or digital imaging software uh there obviously is like stages before you get to the print so um that then gets transferred to whatever you're working with so uh there's photography and uh, digital imaging software and the printing process that happens all before you end up with like a physical thing that you can work with. So let's talk about the physical thing that, that emerges at the end um, because this exhibit, you know, almost, you know, feels like it's sort of a, alive, right? It has the, it has the kind of biological feeling of, of life almost, right? Uh, yeah, I mean, it has a lot of inherent energy in every piece in the show. It, it is really teeming with information, material. It's a sensory overload in a lot of ways. Yeah, I would think it's a sen- it, it is. Yeah, that's that's an interesting way to put it. It's a sensory overload in in some ways, but but in the same way that that nature is right. Isn't nature a bit of a sensory overload? Uh, yeah, and I think that, um, that sort of brings into questions of, uh, art's function in relation to nature, and, and I think that sort of gets to the framing devices that art is to make sense of the world. Well, let's talk about that a little bit. Yeah, art as, yeah, opposed to nature as a, as a framing device, because that, that gets right into the kind of, um, almost narrative of your work, right? Um, yeah, we can go into that at a few angles, but but how does art intersect with that? The the, the natural world, the real world, the the physical world, actually, maybe not the real world, but the physical world. How, how do you think about that? Uh, well, I don't really think about myself as a pastoralist. I I try to make things that are um, what I feel to be very contemporary relationships of how human consciousness interacts and um, sort of like physically connects with nature. And I, 
and obviously the history of Western art has been trying to capture to some degree uh, humans' relationship with the natural world. Um, but I think that um, because I'm using all these m mediating strategies, which uh, inkjet printing, inkjet transfer, printmaking techniques, photography, sort of slipping between mediums, I think that I guess uh, I'm looking for metaphors that are about how human consciousness has um, been wrestling with the natural world after the digital revolution. And then I think you get something that approximates what I make. Let's talk about uh, another piece in the show uh, that perhaps addresses that, some of that directly, Balthazar. Um, this has the inkjet transfer process you were talking about, but um, but there's quite a lot to this piece. It's um, it's sculptural and and it's it seems to tell a story almost. It's a, it's, it's an unzipping, a revealing, uh, an, an interior, right? Uh, yeah. Um, I mean, the narrative is, I guess, what I'm thinking about here because it feels like it has a story to tell, right? Where we're looking within in this you know way and um, I suppose it relates to what you were just saying about uh, the relationship of, of current culture to nature and how we're reconciling with it. But this seems a little bit different. This seems like a, a slightly different story, or is it? Uh, well, uh, to some degree, I have, um, I guess, intellectual uh, initiative in a lot of the things I do, but then I also have a lot of intuitive energy that I bring to everything. Uh, so uh, I think I would have two things to say specifically about that piece and the series of newer sculptures I've been working with uh, where I've been trying to figure out ways to um, what I sort of anecdotally say is that a sculpture would be wearing an outfit. Um, so, mm -hmm. and a lot of that has to do with like a sculpture as a skin instead of an embodied form. Um, so that's, so the Balthazar is this sort of oversized wine bottle that's named after these, uh, custom made oversized wine bottles that exist in the world, but it has this, um, large scale zipper sewn into it. The fabric, the inkjet printing and the zipper are then like stretched around a form that I've built and it kind of opens up and then there's these. Uh, inkjet printed and and uh, painted flowers that come out of the center. Um, so uh, I, I guess my particular narrative is not maybe so direct, but it, it's kind of like in, within the larger cosmology of everything that I'm making. Yeah, that makes sense. And and, and to talk about that that cosmology of of everything you're making. Um, you know, and speaking to the show as as a whole grouping, sometimes painters talk about, you know, the the works having a conversation, right? Or even in a museum, a curator can talk about that, works having a, a conversation. Um, to step back and look at the cosmology of all of this, as, as you just said, of your work, um, is there a specific conversation or is there a conversation going on between these pieces in the in the installation? Uh, I think so. I mean, it should be noted that the the show is a two-person show with another artist named Monsieur Zahor, 
and um, who works across uh, similar mediums as me, but also does performance and other things. So I think for the two of us, the idea of world building is pretty imperative to our exhibitions, and, and that's sort of how we approached it. Um, and I think that if anyone looks at the installation photography of the show, they're going to see that um, the work can be viewed individually, but they're also installed in fairly irreverent ways, um, non-conventional hanging heights, things on the floor, things on pedestals, ready-made made objects, paintings, sculptures. So I think there is this uh, kind of world that you're supposed to enter into when you see the exhibition. And and what is that world? The cosmology in in your case of all of your work that was the word you used, which I really like. Um, yeah, <laughs> the cosmology of, of your of your work of your studio. What would that be exactly, or what does that point towards? Uh, I think for a number of years now, using these mediums and these metaphors, I've really been thinking about. Um, interpreting my work as existing in a world outside of our own or a world that is unbound by the physical cumbersome reality that we're accustomed to. And so what I'm really after is sort of an afterworld or a, a world that seems to replicate and grow without, uh, without a particular person or anyone there. So there's this sort of like, um, self-replicating quality with the residue of an existence or multiple existences. Uh, so I think that's the kind of thing where I'm, I'm sort of trying to transcend using the basic materiality of the world, the sort of linear conceptions that we have about right now and think about things in more of like a, like a time-based or less temporal-based way of looking at reality. Well, that's so interesting, right? And I'm so glad I asked that question because it touches a number of different areas we could we could discuss there. Um, you know, it, it at the beginning, you know, part of what you were saying is this almost sounds like a um, a non-human realm. I think you said in the afterworld or afterlife. Uh, it, is that sort of like a you know post-Earth realm? Uh, I think that it. You know, you can interpret it that way, um, but I think that so much of our ideas about apocalypse and the earth are so wrapped up in the, I guess, the, the arrogance of the self and the arrogance of humanity. And so uh, I think maybe what I'm pointing to is that, like, it exists sort of not as apocalypse, but just sort of, like, out of our control or something, like, or without us but yet made of the stuff that we are made of. That sounds really interesting. I can't wait to hear uh, what, you're, what you're reading. So I'm going to have to ask it a little earlier. We'll keep talking, but what, what are you reading now? Because that, that sounds like, you know, um, almost, a, you know, a type of science fiction mixed with, mixed with kind of metaphysics or, or other things or, or, or different kinds of spirituality. There's so many different kind of layers there, it seems. So, yeah, so the question is, what, what are you reading? Um, I would hate to be disappointing, but I almost never read fiction, um, science fiction or otherwise. And I have some very good friends and other artists that I talk to that um, 
make fun of me about this, that um, I just first, I often say that I, when I read fiction, I, I don't believe it. Like when I read the first paragraph, I, I question the, like the, the very principle of the fiction itself. Um, although I do feel like I sort of write a fiction with my work. And so I read lots of non nonfiction, whether it's um, biographies or uh, music history or, or the history of the natural world. Right now I'm reading a book uh, that regretfully I'm forgetting the author, but I think the book is called The Polyhedronists and it's, um, it's MIT press book about uh, the polyhedron as uh, an irregular geometry within Renaissance art, um, the sort of subculture of people who are using geologic, uh, sorry, um, uh, sort of models or shapes in order to retrain the brain to learn perspective. Um, this is like includes like uh, Jacopo de Barbieri and Leonardo da Vinci and people like that, uh, Albert. Uh, Durr, etc. So that's a book that I'm reading right now. Maybe I'm quarter of the way through it. The the, the you know you got that that's the Polyhedrus by uh, Andrews, MIT Press. Yeah, I see that. Mm-hmm. And was there something else you were going to say? Oh, that is well, I mean that reading. sounds that sounds like pretty heady and makes me sound really smart. But then I also just read the history of SST records while I was on vacation, which is. Um, uh, the record label that um, the guitarist for Black Flag founded, and it's the and the history of the various bands that they released. And so, I think my tastes sort of jump around as far as what I'm reading, whether, um, but usually linked to some sort of like historical based nonfiction. That's really interesting, and you know, so that so in 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 ways that does sound those kind of. Um, kind of book that kind of nonfiction, you know, is, is, is better than fiction or stranger than fiction sometimes, right? Where, where it, it is getting into other, other worlds and other realms, even if it's uh, talking about kind of uh, rock music or, or, or music in general, right? Those, those are often other, other realms. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm reading a book called um, Unrequited Infatuations by Stevie Van Den. It's a, it's a biography, but autobiography. Uh-huh. But it's yeah, a little bit the history of rock and roll, but also a little bit the history of magic, how people kind of end up in these scenarios <laughs> seems extraordinary in retrospect, uh-huh. right? Which which is almost, I don't know if that qualifies as otherworldly, but it seems to be a part of something else going on. But, um, uh, you know. Yeah, I mean, I think that the best books help you enter like a realm that you're unfamiliar with, which is, I think, the reason why we read them. Yeah, and the polyhedra sounds especially like that, right? This is it's, it's about art and, and geometry, and it's and, and we don't really think that way anymore. We don't think the way they they thought. I would imagine it gets into a bit. I haven't read that. Uh, yeah, and well, I also think it's interesting in the in the relationship of how once you once you see something or learn something, you can't unsee it, and so um, we take. Uh, a lot of the advents of the Renaissance for granted, but, you know, you do see this in very intense leap in the capabilities of capturing space and perspective and all these things. And so um, I think what the book is trying to argue is that uh, 
what was required to be able to make sense of what you, of of what these artists were seeing in the world was actually models and model building so that they could um I guess mostly what's really interesting to me about it is that it is using a mediated reality or like a metaphorical reality or a, par- a parallel reality. Uh, the artist could then like re-see the world within some sort of systems thinking. And then they could like make sense of the vastness of the abstractions of the world. So I think it resonates with like ideas that I have going on in my work, but it's not, but the relationship is like hundreds of years apart. So it, it's more about the idea of like looking for models that train the mind to think outside of the, of the reality we're accustomed to. Thanks so much for sharing that. I'm, I'm glad you, um, you went into that and we talked about it because that, that is fascinating. David, I want to thank you for talking to me today. It's really been a pleasure. I, congratulations on the show and, and, the, and the general, you know, as you put it, cosmology of your work. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. You're listening to Yale Radio WYBC. This is Brainerd Carey with the lives of the artists, architects, curators, and more.